Welcome one and all to episode 323 of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, we welcome back a good friend of the show and a good friend of mine, Mr. Chris Sinzak of not only the Decibel Geek podcast, but also he is the main person behind the Rock and Pod Expo. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, I left there like on a cliffhanger. Wanted to say something, wasn't sure what. And I said, ah, let's just leave it as is. This is take two, by the way, of me expressing all this stuff. So for those that don't know, I've been the web designer on the Rock and Pod website and Decibel Geek website since 2019. And it's always it's always fun. It's it's a challenge every year. There are different tasks that are thrown at me. And, you know, I'm somebody that likes to learn and adapt and just do different things all the time. I don't believe in just staying stagnant. So I, I remember a few years back, I did a survey and somebody asked me, at what age do you think you'll retire? Like, <laughs> man, the day I die? Um, no, seriously. I said, uh, yeah, seriously. So you imagine working into your seventies. Sure. Why not? <laughs> you know, working on web stuff. If, if I can still do it, if I'm mentally capable, if the, the drive is still there, why, why wouldn't, why would I just say, nah, you know, um, and shit, not to knock on anyone who retires early or is able to do that, but you know, I enjoy what I do. But anyway, so by working on the rock and pod stuff, I, I get a lot of inside stories hear about people that Chris is trying to get on that don't work out. Uh, sometimes it's scheduling, sometimes it's money, sometimes it's other wacky stuff. <laughs> but uh, I'm sworn to secrecy on all this, on all this stuff. Uh, every year when Rock and Pod happens, I kind of get bummed out because I always think, man, I wish I could be there. I should be there. You know, I was involved in this or that. And around the time it happens, it's 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 a hard pill to swallow. Uh, unfortunately, I can't afford to go there because it does cost quite a bit of money for me. I know that there's somebody going from the UK from the straight to video podcast. And Chris has offered for me to go in the past, but folks, let's be honest. I appreciate you guys for following me. I appreciate the patrons that, uh, that support me, but I'm not putting asses in seats. That's the bottom line. You know, there's, there's no, there are no delusions of grandeur on my end as to what uh, what my place in all of this is. So as much as I'd love to go, as much as I wish 
you know, it'd be awesome for Chris to actually get me to fly out or whatever. Just doesn't make sense to do so. Hopefully sometime in the future. But for now, I'll just be on the sidelines just seeing things from afar, which kind of sucks, but is what it is. There's, there's worse things in life to have to deal with. So, yeah. So it, it is what it is, folks. Can't, can't say more than that. So this is an awesome discussion, as we'll allude to in the episode. This is like being a fly on the wall during one of our phone calls. Recently, it's been very often when prepping different things for the expo. So, yeah, you, you'll be like a fly on the wall for this one. In any event, if you're here to listen to Chris, you're not sure about my show, go to SignalsFromMars.com to find out all of the great information about the latest episodes, aside from this one. Things are broken down on the homepage between just over all the podcasts, interviews, or music discussions. Also got a section for Trivia Tuesday there as well. And the patrons pick, which I'm thinking I may rename that and make it, um, you know, album rewind or something like that. So that, you know, I get that people that follow the show regularly know what um, patrons pick is, but I think that a lot don't so probably in february when we do the next show like this uh, it'll give people a clearer idea of what it's all about uh, also if you want to become a patron and become part of all the great discussions that we do on the show just go to patreon.com forward slash signals from mars in any event if you do go to signals from mars.com you'll find links to all that Great stuff, ways that you can follow and share, become a patron, so on and so forth. In any event, thank you for listening, and let's get on with the interview, with the discussion or chat with Chris. This is very laid back. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you. Real quickly, anyone, anybody want to throw a question at Mr. Sinzak? Are you, are you I will excited? commit one question. Okay. Are, are you ready to go for, um, for rock and pod? <laughs> no. Okay, good. <laughs> um, no. I won't be ready until probably three days after it's over, but that's how it is every time. <laughs> Dan, go ahead. I'm sort of a fan of Jason Green's podcast and what he does. So most of the times uh-huh. he gets it right. He's been talking about this rock and podcast, uh, kind of making fun and him and Han saying he's going to go or he's waiting for an invite. Do you have anything to say about that, that I'm not going to share with Jason? Sure, you're not. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I like Jason. I like his show. Um, I did extend an invite to him to come out to it, but I think he was kind of wanting like the full red carpet treatment with hotels and flights and everything covered. And we are not a uh, corporately backed event. So uh, 
we have to be pretty selective in how much money we can dole out for travel and stuff. And um, I'd love to see him in Monaco because I do love their show. But uh, yeah, I just don't think we could make it work this time. Okay. Jeremy, any questions for Mr. Sinzak? Yeah, any great bands you've heard lately who we've not heard of? There's one I got into recently, and then um, my, my fellow podcasting friend Baco would hate this because he denounces Spotify at every turn. But uh, and I buy plenty of physical product, as you can see behind me. But it's uh, to me, Spotify is great for discovery. So um, I'll typically find a band I I normally listen to, and then I'll just let it keep playing, and it'll auto pick you know stuff that they think you would like. And I discovered a band called Andy and the Rockets, and uh, I'd never heard of them till like two weeks ago. And it's not heavy metal at all. It's it's more rootsy rock, I guess you would call it. But uh, if you can get into them and also uh, there's another band that was like really I was listening to a ton last year uh, from Oklahoma called Red City Radio, and I would highly recommend you check them out. Okay. Rod, is there uh, writing away at the moment? I am. I'm furiously writing away. Yes, I'm. I'm going to check both these bands out. <laughs> okay. Hope Thanks, like Chris. It. I yeah. respect your opinion. Oh, well, thank. I appreciate you respecting it. That's very kind of you, <laughs> Johan. Any questions for Chris? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, uh, how is your opinion on the current uh, state of uh, Swedish metal? Uh, for now, I, I mean, at at this moment now. Well, I haven't dove, dove in on a lot of the newer stuff lately, but I mean, plenty of stuff that comes out of there, like Eclipse and uh, was it yeah. the Cruel Intentions? Are they from Sweden? I'm not sure if they are or not, but uh, they the the their their latest record was one of my top records of the year. Uh, as long as it's the melodic stuff, I, I don't get into too much of the Cookie Monster stuff. But yeah, they definitely Sweden's definitely producing most of the the type of stuff that I like these days, it seems. And Germany's actually got a few bands that are pretty cool that are coming out. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. So on that note, Jeremy, Dan, Brad, Johan, thank you very much once again for joining us for the hour one show. And the podcast will be available in about a week. We'll see you guys hang out in the chat and throw any other questions that you uh, Mm -hmm. Have at us. So, thanks, guys. So, um, you haven't been busy lately. You really, you don't have anything going on, right? Not a care in the world, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we are officially what, roughly forty days out from rocket. Something like forty-one or forty-two, I think. Okay. Yeah. Does it get any easier from here on out? No, <laughs> not really. Uh, I mean, we're getting a, a lot of we're, this week has been kind of hell week for a lot of stuff with um, the interview process getting starting to get scheduled. Now, when Tracy takes over that, I have to kind of come to the come to the plate with a lot of stuff getting wrapped up. So that includes, you know, the the panel schedule, who's going to be on them, who's going to moderate them. Um, and I'm also working with a guy, David Hooper here, who. He's rounding up everybody for the podcast education track. So, and some of that includes some of the podcasters are going to be there. Mm -hmm. So their schedule has to get worked out. Um, And then of course, a lot of stuff like 
getting banners designed, um, you know, getting carpet for certain areas, uh, budgeting for your stage and all, all your stuff like that. It's, the, it's a lot of the little minute details and they, they add up in your head and kind of drive you crazy. But I think if I want, probably in another week, I'll, <clears throat> I'll calm down a little bit more. Um, if it's just promotion, I'm happy to do that. But um, yeah, it's all this, it's all the, the grunt work that I don't want to do. And I've got a lot of cool people helping me, including my wife. So, it, and you, right. of course you've been, you know, I've been loading you up with website stuff to deal with, but yeah, it's, we're getting there. I'll probably feel good. I think I'll feel better in about a week. Okay. What's the hardest part of doing all this? Um, right now it's just, uh, you know, it's just, I, I tend to get wrapped up in my own head too much. So I'll, uh, I'll overthink everything and I'll, yeah. or I'll, I have a, I've always had a bad habit of, um, being kind of a glass half empty person. So it's <laughs> like, uh, things always end up turning out fine, but I always like picture the worst things happening, but, uh, right. I mean, it, it's, it's honestly, the process has gone fairly smooth this time. And, uh, it's just that it's, it gets bigger every year. So as it gets bigger, that there's that much more pressure and right. you just want, you want everyone to have a good time and you want things schedules to work out right. And there's obviously going to be some stuff that will go wrong. That's just the way it goes. But it's, um, it's just the pressure of everything in general. Um, but my wife and the team have really helped take a lot of stress off my shoulder. So that, that helps. Okay. And as far as, for example, you mentioned the education track, that's something that you brought in a few years after the inception of Rock and Pod. Why is that so important? Well, I mean, it's, it, you know, I, we're never going to compete with podcast movement as far as being a trade show type event. But at the same mm -hmm. time, you know, we get, I, I've noticed there's a lot of people that are either brand new to podcasting that come to this thing or that want to start one and have no idea how. And, you know, we had people that were meeting each other in year one and year two, and then <clears throat> they figured it out and wound up starting a show together. You know, it's, right. so I was just kind of like, you know, we should try to, you know, produce some added value for podcasters and people that want to be podcasters. So we just had an education track where we have some speakers and I want the industry part of the, you know, cause the industry's taken off so much over the last few years that it's like, kind of like you, you want to tap into that a little bit. Um, I don't want to become a stuffy conference. Um, not that I'm right. putting down podcast movement or anything, but the big thing with rock and pot is it's fun. But at the same time, I want people to walk away with feeling like they got something out of it for their shows. Right. So that's, that that's the long and short of it really. Okay. And that's interesting because um, earlier this week, there was a big headline that said um, 80 percent of or there's 80 percent less new uh, shows out there. New podcasts mm. is podcasting dying. Yeah, that, that's all because of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it was yeah. funny because that was the first thing I thought of, because when the pandemic happened and everyone had a new show, every band every actor, you know, because it was another had nothing way, else to do. <laughs> it had nothing else to do. Another way of getting your name out there. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, labels were forcing bands to do, to do podcasts, to, mm -hmm. to, um, you know, continue to feed the, the market. Basically now that things are slowly, you know, come all the way back almost to a hundred percent. 
obviously 80% of those shows aren't being done because you don't have, you know, you don't have people that are serious uh, in doing this stuff. You, you have very few, like um, probably the, the artist that made the most amount of money out of all of this was Matt Heafy of, of Trivium. Mm-hmm. which was obviously his daily Twitch show. He's still doing Twitch from the road. Mm-hmm. So he's making enough money to do that. But how many other artists are doing this stuff that they were, you know, they were doing daily shows or they're doing weekly shows. There's very few of them. Um, yeah. I know Rob Flynn of machine head was another one, but once they went on tour, that all pretty much dried oh, up. His, his stop too. I didn't know. Um, I haven't heard much about, I mean, I don't follow it, so I, I could be completely wrong, but, uh, I haven't heard anything about it in, in a while. So, well, I mean, it's, it's a combination of things. I mean, there's, uh, of course, yeah, there is, honestly, I think it's more of a sign of a healthy platform that's growing because to have that many people start one is a right. big deal. So, but at the same time, you know, as you and I both know, if you want you know, even if you want it to succeed on a micro scale, you have to, you have to really put the time and effort into doing it. So, um, so you'll, you will have people that are like, Oh, that sounds fun. It'll be easy. And then they see how much work it is. And then they're like, Oh, and now I got 25 listens. I'm not going to do that. Right. That's that's always going to be part of the the situation because anyone can do it. But, uh, Mm -hmm. but then there's, you know, with the musicians and, and people like that, then with them, it's probably, they're busy writing albums and going back on the road. So it's, it's just a yeah. combination of stuff, but no, I expected that dip to happen. Of course. Cause yeah, yeah, like yeah. podcast gear sales exploded in 2020. You know, <laughs> it's just, everyone started buying gear. Right. Yeah. Now's probably a good time to buy used gear actually. Oh yeah. I'm sure you podcast. can find tons of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've had plenty of conversation. Hey, I used to have, you know, I sold, several platinum albums. So I'm going to be making tons of money off of this and saying, well, you really got to work at it. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be the case for me. And you see that they end up doing 10 shows and quit because it's, it's what you said. It's, you know, it's, it's 25 listens and then they realize, Hey, maybe this isn't what I expected. And for a lot of people, for a lot of artists, maybe, if you're doing this stuff on your own, you don't have a band around you. You don't have a producer. You don't have anyone kind of steering you. Mm-hmm. You're kind of relying on yourself and maybe you're not that interesting to begin with, you know, maybe, <laughs> well, well, that's the thing, you know, I've heard some of these shows and you know, one thing is if people interview others, like Ryan Roxy, for example, kind of reaches out. Ryan Roxy's like, um, Almost like a like a Josh Toomey on a on a different scale because obviously he's in Alice Cooper's band, so he comes across a lot of people, so he can pull from, you know, people that have like a great number of credentials. Let's say, Mm -hmm. so he goes about it in a smart way. Where we've seen others, where it's okay, this podcast has my name. I'm going to talk about me on episode one, episode two. It's all about me. So it gets to a point where it's like, okay, we kind of, we need more than this. You know, sorry to cut you off. I, um, 
I tell people all the time that are musicians, I'm like, look at what Ron Keel does with his, um, right. like with his Patreon and with his shows. He should be the kind of the uh, the standard for what you try to do because mm-hmm. the the amount of engagement that he has with his audience and the sound quality and like everything, even the artwork, the show notes, everything he does is full mm-hmm. bore and professional, and and he's good on a mic too. I mean that, that that's also it all does come down to that. If you if you sound like Ben Stein and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, then you're not going to have people stay very long listening to you because you'll just drone on and on, which is right. why I don't know why anyone continues to listen to me. I think it's all Aaron that people come back for. But um, yeah, yeah. But no, it's that's the yeah. A lot of artists do that, and you know the. I think record companies got smart by having some of them start doing it. Not all of them are going to succeed, but it it just shows the power of of what the platforms become that they're right. even going that route and saying, Hey, do a podcast, you know? Right. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, getting back to rock and pod. Um, <laughs> look at that. Jeremy saying rubbish. You're both great at it. I oh, would, I you. would do a, a British accent for you, but I can't do Jeremy's accent. So me neither. Um, yeah. So um I'm trying to think how many of how many of the guests that you guys have had over the years that are from the musician side actually have a podcast. I mean obviously Don Jameson has a podcast. Um but the musicians themselves how many of them have had shows or how many of them while at Rock and Pod have contemplated, "Hey, maybe this is something that I could do actually" Ricky Rackman's another one that um, had a show. Uh, Carmine and Vinny, who came last year, they had their own show, although I think they've put that one to a stop because they're yeah, doing yeah. they're back on the road again. Uh, the, right. For them, it was it was more of a way to fill time and to stay connected to their fans. And mm-hmm. I always love their show because they just bust each other's balls for two hours, which is always <laughs> funny. But uh, I hope they bring it back. But right. not for this year, um, obviously, Ron, uh, Monty Colvin, you know, he's been doing it longer right. than all of us have. Um, and then who else? Uh, well, I mean, it's funny. We, uh, Tracy, uh, you know, who works with the scheduling, she was talking to Jason McMaster cause we're bringing Jason and Dave Glessner and his mm-hmm. co-host with talk louder. And, uh, we were going to have them in the guest area with, with all the other artists. And they're right. like, Oh no, no, no. We, we want to just come and be, be podcasters, put us in there with the podcasters. So they're going to be right in the oh, middle wow. of all the rest of us. So I think that's I thought cool. that was actually cool on their part that they want to be in the podcast area. Yeah, that's, the, that's awesome. I've, I've recently reconnected with him um, because of his, uh, the, the band cash is King he's in. Mm-hmm. And, and Jason, again, Jason is one of these guys that like knows everybody (laughs) and you talk to him and it's like talking to one of your buddies. It's, it's just, it's just so cool. So that, that doesn't surprise me at all that that's the, um, that that's how he would approach it. And he was kind of like, I don't know that we even want to be interviewed by anybody. We just want to come and and record stuff all day. (laughs) I was like, okay. I was like, well. I need you to do a few interviews with people because people are hoping for that. Right. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, he, he's, he's quite a character. He called me like a week ago and was definitely behind the scenes stuff, but it was funny because <clears throat> when you're, when you're an organizer for something like this, especially with this many mo- moving parts and guests, you, 
anytime like one of your guest calls, you you immediately think, oh boy, what's wrong? Right. You know, who's canceling or, or what, right. what, what, what did we do wrong? And he, I missed the call because I was on a conference call with my day job and uh, I texted him and I was like, hey, I'll, I'll call you right back. He goes, he goes, all good. No problem. And I, I call him back and uh, he goes, well, just letting you know, this isn't a call that you have to sit down for. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, oh, good. And he was like, uh, it was just about like, you know, are they going to be able to bring a banner and hang a banner and stuff like that? Right. I was just, but he was just, he was like, and we're all good. He's like, don't worry. He's like, the amount of different venues I've played, I, I can, I can make anything work with fishing line and duct tape. Don't worry about it. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> He is, but he's so so very down to earth. Yeah, there's no ego with him at all. Yeah, yeah. It was funny um, how all of this is is a small world because the band Cassius King that he was doing the interview for Dan Lorenzo, who's the guitarist in that, used to be in a band with in several bands with the person that I interviewed last week with Alan Tecchio, and we started talking about the fact that uh, John Bush mentioned last time I interviewed him, he was wearing a Hades t-shirt. I'm like, Oh, you know, I, I know the guys from Hades. You know, I talked to Dan and Alan and this and that. And he's like, me and Alan were pen pals. And then, um, and, and then Jason mentioned that, you know, he got, he initiated his relationship with the armored saint guys because he was, uh, John Bush's pen pal as well. So last week when I brought that up to uh, Alan, he goes, yeah, the three of us used to write stuff back and forth to one another. You know, we all three of us were pen pals. Like, you know, that was the way of connecting with people way back when. So mm -hmm. that's kind of interesting that in a way, podcasting is almost like the modern day evolution of that you know where people just sit down and like you and me right now just talk about music talk about different things um for you know obviously the when you're writing letters it's kind of personal to back and forth so maybe it's not an apples to apples comparison but right. you know it's it just so interesting to hear that connection between all those guys and 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 similar to what i mentioned with ryan roxy and with Toomey before Again, I kind of brain farted there and forgot about Jason having his show, but it's kind of the same deal. He knows so many people that, you know, and he is such a, um, such a genuine person that the conversations that you hear with him, they, they, to me, they always suck me in. So, yeah. And that's, the, yeah, that's the best kind of podcasting to me is just be yourself and, you know, just, I, that's why I tell people who ask me, for advice on starting a show, which I always tell them on the equipment end, don't ask me because I started 12 years ago and my <laughs> knowledge is way outdated. Right. But, but I always tell them, <clears throat> you know, don't focus. I mean, if, if it's cool to try, it's cool to sound professional. That's good. But also, you know, don't lose your soul where you're not expressing your own real thoughts and opinions. Obviously, you know, you want to, yeah. you don't want to go overboard. Um, but and that was one thing, you know, when I finally kind of got comfortable with just being me mm -hmm. and not trying to be something I'm not, um, I, I just, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot more through that, you know, and there's, right. There's times where you do have to kind of amp yourself up a little bit cause you're not feeling it when you're, when it's time to record, you know? And mm -hmm. so that, you know, you, you'll, you'll put it on a little bit, but for the most part, uh, what you hear is what you get. That's me. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think people from a gear standpoint really make mistakes and dump a lot of money into where you don't need it because if you don't know if you're going to be in it for the long haul or not, Mm. it doesn't make sense to, you know, put a lot of money into it. Um, I I started by buying a good gaming headset and that had a decent mic and using that until, you know, I started evolving and, Mm. and changing, you know, the gear that I had Uh, for a lot of people that with other shows that I've done, they're like, Oh, well, you know, I'm going to go out I'm going to buy this $500 mic. I'm like, yeah, just hold off, you know, buy. I mean, you get an SM 58 used for like 60 bucks and right. I mean, this I'm using here, this is a knockoff 58. It's like a cheap Behringer mic and it, mm-hmm. but it sounds fine. And it's like, I don't, I don't need a Heil PR 40. I mean, they sound great, but yeah, it's going to sound that much different than this. I'm not on NPR, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, to, to, I, I totally agree. Um, ultimately the person behind the mic is going to add more character. Sure. You can clean it up. You can make it sound better, but ultimately if what you're doing, I think isn't captivating to people that what your gear is really doesn't matter. Not really. No, I mean, it's, it's a balance of a little bit of everything, but yeah, yeah, I I, I do tell people get a decent mic. Don't get, don't go crazy buying a Sennheiser or something like that, but you know, get a good, you know, 50 to a hundred buck mic. And that, that's all you need to really get rolling. You you can get, I mean, Rode, for example, put out their pod mic, which I know several mm-hmm. people that use it costs, well, due to inflation and everything, it's up to about like 110, 120. It's still not bad. Yeah, it's still not a bad price at all. Um, the Sure mic, the... Um, SMB. SMB, yeah. S7B or something. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That that also is, I think that's closer to 200, but also Mm -hmm. that one's more expensive because it's two mics in one. It's a USB mic and it is an XLR as well. So depending on Mm. on what your gear is. I mean, if if you don't want to have any type of board that you're connected to and you just want to go to a computer and you can afford that. I mean, obviously that's the way to go. Um, a lot of companies have USB mics and a lot of it just has to do with tweaking it and getting the right sound out of it. But, um, it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, Mm. once you take off and and you fall in love with it and sure, if you want to have different, uh, accoutrements and, you know, every, every now and then go, look, it's rock and roll. Well, then in that case, you know, there are things you can add to it, but it isn't sure. necessary. You know, that's just for goofs like us that like, <laughs> you know, doing stuff like yeah. that. I mean, you can dive in later, but make sure you want to yeah. stick with it first. That's that's the main thing. You know, yes. Get, get through get through your first 10 episodes and then look at upgrading your gear. Right. Absolutely. Don't don't. Don't dump eight hundred dollars into gear. And then it turns out that, you know, three months later, you're, you're stuck at, you know, your friends, your family, and a few other people at work. And it hasn't gotten to the point where, where you want it to be. You know, it's, it is, it, it's an uphill battle unless, and this is what I've talked to a lot of other people about. 
Um, I again going back to Ryan Roxy. Ryan Roxy is in Alice Cooper's band. Joe Rogan, for as big as he is, like him or not, was on Fear Factor. Stand up and, and news radio also. News radio, UFC. Yeah, so, he was well known. Yeah, you get somebody that millions upon millions of people know. One percent of that is still a few hundred thousand people. Yeah. So it's easy to captivate an audience that way. So if you're going into this thinking, oh, well, I want to be the next Eddie Trunk. Well, awesome. Go for it. But realistically, you're competing against somebody that's, you know, what was a DJ in the New York market for a very long time, was syndicated, then went to XM, you know. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of factors as to why it's difficult to compare with somebody that's that, you know, that's been around that long and in so many major places. And, and Eddie, I mean, if you know his story, I mean, he really scraped from the very bottom to get where he is. So it's a, it's not like he was just handed a job on national syndicated radio. He, he worked his ass off to get where he is. Believe me. Um, I'm here because of Eddie trunk, because that, that 12 and 13 year old, that, that one Friday night was listening to the the local metal show from the station that was a mile away from my house. And they said, it's midnight, it's metal news time. And I'm like, metal news? What's what's this? And, you know, hey, this is Eddie Trunk. And um, this week, uh, Kiss has announced that. And I'm like, wait a second, what the hell is this? <laughs> you know, having somebody on the radio, like talking about the stuff that I, I look through magazines to find out about every week. Yeah. And, and I would get so annoyed because I think that there ended up being issues between him and the main host of the show because a lot of days the, um, the show wouldn't be at midnight. She'd be like, Oh, I forgot to, you know, include his segment or whatever. And then after a while, she started calling him uh, Dunkin Donuts boy. He was, oh, Dunkin Donuts boy will be here in a few minutes to to read the metal news. Oh, wow. And like two years later, Eddie took over the show. <laughs> Good for him. You know, I it, and I. I'll have fun. I'll kind of poke fun at Eddie sometimes because he is very, he does love to name drop and mention who his friends are and it can get annoying. And I think even he would probably understand that viewpoint, but at the same time, I mean, he's, you can't deny the guy's influence and you know, he, he basically got, has the the dream job that all of us wish we had, you know, and I do think, Some of the hate he gets does come from jealousy. Of course, I'm jealous of Eddie Trunk. I would kill to have his job. I mean, that that would be the ultimate. But um, but no, it's uh, it's it's funny. I and I I'll never forget. (laughs) I'll never forget Aaron. uh, Aaron getting him annoyed at the uh, Atlanta Kiss Expo in 2018. Oh yeah. Vinny's on stage doing his uh, Q and A. That was a bizarre thing in itself. And Eddie truck is in the very back of the room and he's got his phone up and he's live streaming it or whatever. Uh, Aaron and me end up standing right next to Eddie and Aaron's right next to him, literally like a foot away from him. And at one point, um, Vinny mentions that he had done a, an interview with Eddie the day before He goes, right. yeah, I did my interview with Eddie trunk yesterday and blah, 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 blah. 
And of course, everybody starts turning and looking towards Eddie. And, and Aaron couldn't pass up the chance to go, who the hell's Eddie Trunk? <laughs> <laughs> and the look that Eddie gave him was just like, what the hell? And then Aaron's like, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> That's, that might be my favorite memory of that whole weekend, just because it was so funny. <laughs> what, what did he do after that? When when he, oh he laughed after Aaron, you know, laughed about it. But uh, it was but the look he gave Aaron at first was like, say what? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, as as a kid, you know, as as being older, working in the local mall, Eddie would come in all the time, and you could tell Eddie wanted wanted that recognition. Oh, sure. You could tell because he was looking around all the time. But um yeah, I I mean the name dropping. I mean, I, I think we've we've all been kind of um we've all kind of done it. You know, I, I have conversations with people and I say, you know, I know the guys from Decibel Geek. You know, there's <laughs> and then they say, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my friends from Knotfest, um, you know, Joshua Toomey, and he said, you know, that would right. pr- probably be the closest to, to anything that I could say like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually joked with with Toomey about that, that I was going to start name dropping that. I've got friends that work for Slipknot. So uh, this hey, Toomey's a big deal. I know a guy from Primer 55. Look at that. Shit, I know a guy from 12-volt negative earth. 12-volt negative earth, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, I used to go see them play in, in clubs here long before I ever knew Toomey at all. Right. <laughs> I was a fan. So Brad is asking, which one is decibel and which one is geek? Oh, I'm definitely the geek and Aaron's the decibel. Okay. Yeah, I'm the I'm the nerdy and he's the loud. There you go. Never really looked at it that way, but yeah, that 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 that's an easy answer. Uh, look at look, look at that, Doctor Poison. You're uh, you're coming up with all types of things and breaking new ground. <laughs> this is like AC and DC now. Yeah, I had an idea. Um, we should have done it. I had an idea for a shirt design for Decibel Geek, and mm-hmm. it would be the it would be in the AC DC font, but it would say AC in the Lightning Bolt and CC for Eric Camaro, Chris Zach. Oh, wow. I, I never went through with putting it on a shirt. <laughs> well, and we get sued probably too. So. No, I was going to say, would you have to explain that over and over again to people though? Sure. But I mean, look at my last name. I have to explain things over and over again all the time, you know? Okay. I was just going to say, you know, when, when things seem to be pretty obvious and easy to figure out, you know, there's always someone who, um, who doesn't get things. So, well, I mean, we're pretty niche people as far as what we do. So it's uh yeah. Anyone who, if I, and if I ever see somebody with a decibel geek shirt, like at a show out in the wild, that just makes my day. And like, I, what show was I at? I was at, um, I was at the rhyme and seeing Tesla and okay. one of our listeners was there wearing a decibel geek shirt. And I was like, nice shirt. And he's like, yeah, I wore it for you. Cause I knew you'd be here. And that, that that's a guy named Shay Hargett who listens right. every week, but it was like my first time really getting to to talk to him. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, I've also done that as well. I, I went to see overkill and knew that by wearing a talking metal t-shirt that, uh, that somebody would, um, would notice and say something about it. So 
That was uh, Ron Lipnicki who walked out from the backstage and he's walking towards the bar and he looks at me and I see him mouthing, talking metal, like with a perplexed look on his face. Talking metal. What is somebody in Spain doing with a talking metal (laughs) t-shirt? And I'm like, ding, ding. It worked the way that I wanted it to. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so rock and pod, uh, it's funny because I was asking my patrons and some of the, I said, well, any questions for Chris or, or whatnot? And, uh, somebody said, uh, somebody asked, well, are there any nightmare stories that he can share? I said, well, oh, I don't boy. want to divulge <laughs> any of that, but you know, th- th- there are, there are stories out there. There certainly are. Um, <laughs> I don't think I could name names. Um, that would be, I, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't feel good doing that, but okay. uh, yeah, but I mean, there were certain guests that, you know, would throw a monkey wrench into the plans with like interviews that they had scheduled and, you know, or oh, I, I want to sell at my table. I'll do my interviews later and uh, tell them to meet me after the expo at like six 30. And I'm thinking, Hey, uh, you do know that these people also have lives and probably have plans, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of arrogant for you to, to think that way. I won't name the name, but. Right. But I mean, not um, for the vast majority of guests, we really haven't had issues. It's only just a small, you know, I could count on one hand, like the number of nightmare stories. It's, and that's, I should really thank my lucky stars for that. You know, it could have been, there could be tons more. And then. Right. Also with the podcasters, the podcasters for the most part are always super agreeable and, and work with me and understand that, you know, it's a lot of work and, you know, they, they're, they're flexible. We do our best to make it work for, for all of them, but no, not really. I mean, you know, well, the first year aside where we had some drama, but that's, <laughs> that's a long story from a long time ago. So I, I don't, I don't want to dredge that back up again, but, uh, yeah. although people still bring up like, I hope they have a table. Um, you know, that still comes up from time to time. <laughs> I haven't said that in a long time. So, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty small potatoes compared to what could have been, what, what could have gone wrong. But, uh, right. But no, I mean, everyone, I think everyone's left as friends. That's been a part of the event. Well, most, most people, it's not a run in with a few people this year, but anyway, that, that's a long, that's another long story that I definitely will not talk about, but, okay. but the vast majority of, guests and podcasters everyone's been great to work with i really i don't have too much the the stuff that's super salacious i couldn't share on here because i I wouldn't that would be pretty unprofessional and unethical publicly for me to say stuff you know Mm -hmm. um but it's the it's rock and roll it's music industry so of course there's weird stuff that happens behind the scenes but it's nothing ground it's nothing earth shattering or anything right well chris is saving it for the book there will not be a book because no one will buy it. But <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, my mom and my brother and my dog like it. Rock and pod the book. The story of one decibel geeks rise to power. <laughs> I'm still waiting on that rise, Victor. But thank you. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. Um, so, um, all right. So let's give a rundown of of rock and pod. So it is really rock and pod weekend now. Yeah. That's, that's how we're marketing it now because you can't just say rock and pod expo. Cause it has so many other things involved now. So, right. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, Rock and Pot Expo is still pretty much just a Saturday thing, but um, there's a lot going on around. Like at the expo, I mean, we we we've got over 50 guests this time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's by far the most we've ever had. We've got over 40 podcasts coming. Um, <clears throat> there's going to be tons of panel discussions, live podcast interviews. I can share a few things that that look like they're pretty much set in stone. Um, okay. As I mentioned, Jason McMaster and Dave Glessner earlier, they do the Talk Louder podcast. So there will be a live interview on stage with them interviewing Eddie Ojeda from Twisted Sister. I'm kind of, I'm pretty excited to see that. I think that'll be a good, good talk. Um, Also, uh, Mark Weiss, the photographer, is going to be coming and bringing like a small gallery of stuff to show off from his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll, I think he's going to be doing a, a live interview on the live podcast stage. Um, the big one I'm excited for, um, as long as we, if, uh, just got to get our ducks in a row a little bit, but I'm pretty sure it's going to happen is a, uh, panel on the decline Two movie, uh, with, you know, some of the people that were in it, including, uh, Rick Fox and Stevie Rochelle and, um, Mark Andrews from seduce okay. who we, uh, we announced recently. Yeah. And that, that's, that's kind of meaningful to me because when I was like 11, 12 years old, I would watch that. I'd watch that documentary because MTV used to run it. I think. Yeah. 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 yeah, They would run it like late at night Mm -hmm. and I would, you know, growing up in Nashville, I would, because Nashville 1987 was not anything like it is today. (laughs) And I would watch that documentary and just dream about going to LA to hang out with all these people. Uh, Cause that was what my music and, you know, then this many years later, well, it'll be 35 years this year. Um, a lot of them live here. And mm-hmm. so be, to, to be able to do something to commemorate that movie means a lot to me personally. You guys should have a uh, kiddie pool with, um, <laughs> with a floating chair and a bottle an, an empty. What was that? A Jim Bean bottle with water. Vodka. Vodka. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because it's clear. Okay. I mean, I, we did look into the possibility of trying to get Chris Holmes, but it was, uh, pretty cost prohibitive when it comes to bringing somebody and their wife over from France. France. And yeah. you know, he, he did a little swing through <clears throat> Canada a few months ago. And if it could have timed out to where he was, you know, coming from there to here, it would have been doable, but right. He has nothing else going on in America around that time. So it's kind of like if, if I'm the one promoter bringing him over and then taking him back, it's just no way it would have yeah, worked yeah, financially. Yeah. It just wouldn't have worked, but I would have loved to have had him. Right. What are you guys, what are you and Aaron doing that day? Well, I'll be running around like a crazy person. I'm sure I, I'm hoping I get to actually enjoy some of it this time. I mean, I, we have so many great team members as long as everything runs smoothly i'll probably actually get to mingle and and check out some of the stuff myself aaron will be the main stage mc like he always is so he'll be you know introducing the stuff in between panels um aside from that he's probably gonna well also his wife is gonna be bringing a lot of rock t-shirts to vin so he'll probably be helping her her booth um to, to do that but uh yeah aaron and i are like the two Man, two most manic people that day as far as like having to go from one thing and also there's so many people I want to catch up with but it's also the it's it's a blessing and a curse because I do get to see a lot of them but I don't get to see them for long because it's right. five minute conversations here and there and then I got to go on to somebody else you know yeah 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 
But that's also another reason I like to book all the outside events, the concerts and stuff, because I hope they'll stay in town for the other things. And I, I can typically rest more and hang out more at those things because it's other people running those shows. It's not me. So uh-huh. like Friday night, Tyson Leslie is uh, going to be running the rare hair show, the pre-party concert. I won't have much to do with that other than just hang out. Uh, Ron Keel and his people are doing the Keel Fest show Saturday night. So I'll just get to hang out at that. I don't think I'll have much to do with that show. Right. And then, um, so I'll have a little bit more to do <clears throat> with the, the kiss exposed movie screening thing on Sunday. Um, I'll probably end up working the door for that to get everybody in the door and then watch the movie. And then, uh, the comedy show that there's a whole staff of people working that within the Eric Martin concert. So, I mean, it's, it's Saturday is going to be my craziest day. Um, getting through right. the expo. That's, that's the big thing for me outside of that. It's just, uh, hopefully hanging out with friends and, and enjoying myself. Uh, will there, will you and Aaron be doing any of the panels this year or that's not on the, the table? Um, <clears throat> it's possible. I, I'm still, that's another thing. I have to finalize that this weekend and figure it out. Um, because there's a one big, big name potential guest we're trying to land here at the last minute. And mm-hmm. if we land him, then it will kind of, it will determine if Aaron and I do a moderating thing or not. Um, okay. But yeah, that's all I can really say. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, you know, keep your fingers crossed. If it doesn't work out, I think we have a great event either way, but, uh, but yeah, that's, we typically do one, we do moderate a panel, but right. uh, I actually need to talk to him this weekend and see if he even wants to. I mean, it, it, may, it may be less stressful if we don't, you know? Okay. Yeah. And and just to put people uh, at ease, he's not talking about me going to Rock and Pod. I'm I'm very cognizant that uh, uh, the Despel Geek guys would not spend more than thirty seconds with me on stage because nobody wants to see that. You've got this, which I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would, but you know, people would be in the audience saying, "Who the hell's this guy?" Why are they <laughs> I would say. I'd say it's the drummer from Tool. It's Danny Carey. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I can book Danny Carey so much cheaper if I just bring you in and then, and then I'll do the same with, uh, with Ian. I'll just say Vince Neal's coming. <laughs> I don't know, man. They, they, uh, Ross Halfen touched up those new, uh, Vince Neal pictures pretty good. Huh? Yes, he did. Didn't he? <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> sending me the picture. going. Look how great Vince looks. I'm like, yeah. yeah how yeah. many filters are laid on top of that photo? Kidding me? <laughs> he does look better though. I, I'll give him that. He does look yeah. like he has trimmed down a bit. So I'm happy for him for that. Yeah. Not that I, I'm in. I'm not in great shape either. So I'm not right. like I can talk. Yeah. Um. First thing that I noticed with the picture is did they purposely go after a guitarist that was the same height as Mick? <laughs> Yeah, he is pretty short, isn't he? He's the he's the shortest guy in the band. So the oh, guitarist continues to be uh to be the shortest guy. Um that press release looked or not that was an Instagram post. That looks so weird because it had everyone's like uh, everyone was tagged except for Mick. And and the first thing I thought of was what Karabi's been saying. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like this doesn't look like he, you know, like he approved this at all, you know? Yeah. Well, I've, I've heard from other sources that that seems to be the case. 
Yeah. That that there's there's not a lot of love going back and forth there. Yeah, well. No. We we've established in previous conversations they're 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 not exactly the greatest people in the world. So uh Yeah, I mean they're they're kinda like the the heavy metal or the the hard rock equivalent of the uh the the main four members of Seinfeld. Because I love watching Seinfeld, but they're <laughs> all four despicable people. Right, right, right. Yeah, Motley Crue's kind of the same. He's like right. there's really nothing that redeeming about any of them, but for some reason they entertain you. Who's who's running around saying Stella? <laughs> That'd probably be Tommy. There you go. Tom, Tommy's the Elaine of the band. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, that's a, that, there's a there's a game. Figure out which Seinfeld character the members of Motley Crue are. <laughs> right. How many bands could that be applied to? Oh, plenty of them. I'm sure. Because I'm yeah, sure. If you did Kiss, Ace Frehley is definitely Kramer. Yeah. Peter Chris is is George Costanza because he complains all the time. Right. Um, Paul Stanley has to be Elaine, and then I guess Gene Simmons is Jerry. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. <laughs> go ahead, George. Just park next to the hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> just go pee behind the car. Nothing will happen. Go ahead, Curly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um where can people get tickets for rock and pod rock pod.com. That's uh we've got uh, the lowest level of VIP. Got a few of those left, but the two other ones are sold out, but lots of early admission and general admission. And um, one thing I've been pushing lately is because a lot of people want to go to the keel fest show too. And I'm like, so if you just want to make a whole day and night of it, come to come to the expo and then go to keel fest. And we have a combo ticket where, you essentially get half off admission to rock and pod if you do that. So, right. And we've done well, those have sold pretty well. So, um, yeah, if you just want to make a full Saturday and Saturday night of it, that's what I would suggest. And then of course, uh, the rare hair tickets are, there's a link to that on there. And, um, that's going to be an awesome show with so many special guests. It always is. Tyson does such an amazing job putting those together. And then the comedy show, with the Eric Martin concert, that's a great, that's going to be awesome. I mean, Eric, Eric Martin's going to do comedy for the first time. And then of course, you know, Craig, Don and Courtney are going to always be funny on their stuff. And then, uh, Eric's full concert after that. And then the kiss movie screening was a big hit last year. And, uh, we did it with the kiss meets the phantom. So with those comedians doing commentary over exposed, I don't see how you would want to miss that. So it's such a, um, a classic film in a different way. I've told a few people about that and they're like, well, do you need comedian commentary on exposed? It's kind of funny just to start with, un- you know, unintentionally, but uh, with Craig doing the Gene Simmons impression, I, I can't imagine it won't be funny. Um, yeah, you, 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 I think it'll heighten the, hu- the humor because I think uh, to an extent they were trying to be goofy with that, obviously, I mean, I don't think anyone who thinks that Paul Stanley was being serious with like the workout stuff and and some of the other obviously, stuff. Obviously, tongue in cheek. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be. And I didn't even think of that with Craig doing the Gene voice at the <laughs> yeah. same time. I mean, that's. I, I I most look forward to what he's gonna say 
when they go to the Jean bet Jean's bedroom scene where he's wearing that ridiculous outfit and the cape and he's got the girl the yeah, yeah. and the girl's heads on the wall. I'm yeah. truly looking forward to what he's gonna have to say for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you posted the um the first encounter between him and Gene from Howard not too long ago. And I've listened oh. to that quite a bit over the years. I'm like, yeah, I gotta listen to this again. It's so. so funny. I've watched it so many times. It's a shame they don't have the video because that was on. Well, I posted the wrong link. The video does exist on YouTube. I just, I I posted the audio link instead, but yeah, you can watch the whole thing on YouTube. Yeah. 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 That's he's to me. He's when it comes to doing kiss stories or, you know, imitations or whatever. I mean, some of the stuff that he's said on shows in, in Gene's voice, I mean, it's just, some of the funniest shit out there. Yeah. We're always happy to have him back. And and then, and Don and Courtney are both just hilarious. And yeah, it's, they're, they're kind of staples of rock and pot at this point. So it's uh, right. It wouldn't, wouldn't be the same without them. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Cause I remember when, when you started throwing names out there this year, I was thinking, uh, the comedians have to be in here somewhere, you know, they, they have to pop up at some point. Yeah, it just it just works so well with that crowd and and they they can, you know, focus the humor specifically on on kiss and on rock stuff and right. So yeah, it's our events kind of tailor-made for for their comedy. Yeah. Uh so at the beginning of the show, way back in the first hour, we talked quite a bit about Ticketmaster. <laughs> um obviously no Ticketmaster involved with what you guys are doing here. It's directly through uh you guys Mm -hmm. and um but i'm gonna flip this a little bit on the side this next question because one of the things that we talked about uh was how there are hedge funds that are here in europe that are buying into festivals and one of the things that they're doing is cutting Ticketmaster and live nation out of these festivals Mm -hmm. uh yeah, what they're doing is they're setting up their own ticketing sites and they're licensing the name of the festivals to different countries and different things. Um, so there's still hope on the, on different levels. Yeah, but, but the only thing with that is I'm a little surprised they're being that bold and doing that because the big reason Ticketmaster has such a stranglehold on all these promoters and stuff is because once you go against them and do one show and cut them out of the picture, then Mm -hmm. they will withhold talent from you getting them again. So, or getting future shows. That's the big, they love to strong arm the little guy. So that, that kind of surprises me. Well, here's the thing. They, a lot of these festivals are, well, there's three big festivals in here here in Spain that have been uh, that hedge funds have bought into. They are electronic festivals, so they're not rock festivals. So it's a little different because we're talking about DJs and stuff like that. So, you know, if you can't bring one guy in the name itself, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we were talking about earlier, how, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, if the name monsters of rock was attached to a tour here in Europe, you were expecting a certain, quality of show right so for example um they were talking about how one of the names of the uh festivals is sonar sonar's been here for like 30 years now 
So they've started to branch out and do a festival in Australia and in several South American countries. And they were selling that the selling point was that they were saying, Hey, this festival has been around for 30 years. They have the premier, you know, electronic acts and, and this and that. So that's why they're taking a chance and and doing this kind of stuff because they're buying the brand name and selling the brand name. Hmm. Um, I honestly, because I'm not that in tune with those or that style of music, I don't know if they, you know, if they're using big name DJs or if, you know, it's something like what you mentioned where Ticketmaster only gets the the upper end people. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I did. I posted the link to the hearing. Uh, they they were grilling them at Congress uh, like a week ago. Uh, the CEO of Live Nation was on there, and as well as an independent musician and uh, a guy from SeatGeek and also a promoter from Minnesota who like used to book where he books like arena shows. Mm-hmm. It's it. Yeah. It typically, these types of hearings are pretty dull. And I mean, this one kind of is, but if you're interested in that subject matter, it's pretty enlightening just to see the state of things, depending on what the guy from live nation says and the, the other people say, so yeah. um, it'll infuriate you, but it's uh it's enlightening. Yeah, yeah. So they control 85% of all tickets around the world. And he's trying to say that there's more competition than ever. Yeah. yeah. Competition with who? Right. <laughs> themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then as I speculate, um, how, how this came about, I'm assuming was that some congresswoman or, or congressperson or, or, Senators, uh, kids couldn't get Taylor Swift tickets. So that's, that's why this all came about. And I see a lot of people in Congress getting, uh, getting comped a lot of tickets. Oh, and that's what it's going to wind up boiling down to. It's, it's, I don't think any meaningful change is going to happen. The fact that they let live nation and Ticketmaster have a merger in the first place. I mean, it it was game over from that point forward, and right, like, right. good luck trying to break that apart. Now it's not happening. Well, and f- figure before that, you had Ticketmaster buy Ticketron, so they bought their main yeah. competitor. Oh, it's yeah. just like it's just like Vince McMahon with wrestling, right? It's it's it it is very similar to to that, absolutely. Yeah. So, um. So anyway, my question I, I, I got, of course, um, as usual, but hedge fund comes in, says, Chris, we want to partner with you on Rock and Pod. You have the bank doors are wide open. You can bring any five guests that you want to Rock and Pod. Okay. Who are you bringing? Oh, wow. Alice Cooper, number one. Mm-hmm. Um Wow, I'd have, man, you hit me with this out of nowhere. I don't even know what to think. You know. uh, <clears throat> can I include a band that I would want to bring in to like perform? Okay, sure. As And count that as one guest. Okay. So I'll say, this is just me personally. If I, it's the people I would want to see. So yeah, Alice yes. Cooper, Alice Cooper would be like the keynote guest. Um, I'd bring in Volbeat to play the pre-party concert. Okay. Um, cause I want to, and I'd bring, uh, man, this is hard. I don't, I, you, you, you hit me out of nowhere with the, uh, oh, I, 
But I mean, it's not like some of these are not going to be like reach for the sky people. I mean, I, James Hetfield would be amazing um, for the big names, obviously. James Hetfield thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Dave Mustaine would Dave be Mustaine. awesome. At the um, same time? Yeah. Do a panel with the two of them, like doing a therapy session in front of our audience. <laughs> uh, I would bring in Gene Simmons only if he agreed to do an onstage interview where people can ask him any question and he can't use any of his typical cliches. Okay. Um, but then there's other guests that probably are kind of closer to in my reach, but it just hasn't happened yet. Like Scott Gorham from thin Lizzie would be a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Marky Ramon is still on my wish list. I want a Ramon to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Halford. That would be a big one. Right. Those are the, those are the ones that come to mind kind of right away. Okay. That's cool. That would uh, just imagine that. Well, if, if, if I could book any guest for rock and pod that you would pick, who would you pick? If, if you could book anyone that I would pick, Hmm. Good question. Hetfield isn't a bad one. Personally, I mean, some people know this. My 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 recurring dream of somebody that I've been interviewing in my dreams, and this is never anyone that I've sat down and said, I really want to interview this person. But if I ever interviewed them, it, it would be a big deal. It would be Lars Ulrich. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've I've had vivid dreams of just sitting down on a couch and talking music with him and, and waking up and saying, yeah, that'll never happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would be an awesome guest for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think from even without having to talk about Metallica, just talking mm-hmm. to him about music in general. Yeah. Yeah. I think he would be, he, he would be, you know, outrageous to, to, to get on there. Um, I mean, for me, my my pre-party band would probably be Anthrax, uh, <laughs> with John Bush singing. With, with John Bush singing, you understand where I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, play volume eight from start to finish. All right, I could I could handle that. I don't know that they <laughs> could, but um, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't agree to it. Yeah. The. Um, See, I would, I would switch it. I would have, uh, I would have Gene Simmons do the um, punchlines and backlines <laughs> because I, I think that for as much as people give Gene shit, I think he would be really funny within those confines. Yeah, as long as Courtney's writing his material, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also seeing him and Craig Gass go back and forth with stuff. That would be funny. Yeah. Because even again, with that stern, um, interaction that you posted, he initially didn't know how to handle it and he was laughing, you know, most of the time. So he, he really got a kick out of it. Yeah. 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 Um, What else? After party. Who would who would you have uh, for your after party? It's, uh, your equivalent of Keelfest. Oh wow! Ah, hmm. I would get. Uh, 
I would get the Thin Lizzy guys that are still around together and do a full Thin Lizzy set. That that would be my pick. Okay. But, but I would... All right, so this is what I would say. With Keel Fest 2, you have Steeler, you have Keel, you have you know all the various incarnations of bands that Ron has been in. So you could do that. You could do Thin Lizzy. You could have uh, Ricky um, somehow wrangling the guys from the Almighty. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you get Scott, you get, uh, get Brian Downey, you get, uh, Robbo, you get, uh, you even get snowy white to show up and right. like everyone, everyone that's t- Damon Johnson who lives here. He played with them for a while. Get John Sykes to come, you know, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be like a, a Lizzie fest that type thing. Would you have Carmine come down to play if John Sykes comes? Oh yeah, opening act uh, reunited Blue Murder. That, Blue that's Murder. a great idea. Yeah, get Tony <laughs> Franklin and, and Carmine and John. Hedge funds, if you want to see this happen. <laughs> yeah, like like it, I don't think any hedge funds are going to be lining up around the block to pay for that lineup. I would love to see it, but like <laughs> it, it would. It's not Metallica in a stadium, but yeah, I would love to see it. Right. But I mean, let's uh, all right. So. That that's the thing to to get big money involved into that you have to be like at a comic con level. Well, you gotta, yeah, you've gotta, and you've gotta shoot bigger for the people that have bigger mass appeal than. As much yeah. as I love Thin Lizzy, they don't have the mass appeal that Metallica has. So right, and that's why you know we do grow every year. We we might have grown faster if I kind of had that way of thinking. But to me, I think our events cool because of the way it is. Right, and this is, I mean. I've mentioned this to you from the start. Comic-Con didn't have that big blow up until year 10. Um, I can't even imagine going 10 years doing this, but we'll see. Right. Because you, we are at what year five. This is the fifth actual event. It would have been six, but thanks COVID. (laughs) Yes. Well, I guess. No, oh, wait. So 17, 18, 19, didn't do one in 20, did one in 21. Yeah. So yeah, this is, this is the fifth one. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, and I took 2022 off. Right. Yeah. Has that helped? I, I used to think so. <laughs> I don't know so much now. <laughs> now it almost makes it more, that much more intense with so much on my plate, but yeah, it's, I think it, it was nice to get a breather from it. Got to spend some time with my kid more, but, uh, I don't know if it'll be an every year thing. I, we might stick to the every two years thing, but there also is talk from some other people coming in that want to possibly take it out West and do a, do a West coast version. Um, but so we'll see. There's a lot of conversations still to be had on that. Okay. Um, the other thing too, that I'm sure once the event is done, you'll also be able to compare whether it was worth doing in the spring as opposed to doing in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a little bit of uncharted territory doing it this time of year. So, so we'll see how it goes, but um, at least it won't be hot as balls and, you know, hundred right. degrees like it usually is. So um, hopefully the weather will be nice and it, it'll be warm, but not super hot. Right, right, right. It won't be 200 degrees. Yeah. It's usually brutally hot when we have it. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. That's not the case. Yeah. Cool. Any, uh, Parting words, anything you want to say before we wrap things up? If you're watching or you hear this later and you're anywhere in the vicinity of Nashville or you can make it in the day, um, come down, hang out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, 
there's we also new people that come every year that have no idea what it is, but they just give it a try. Mm-hmm. And then they come back every year. So it's, I like to think that once you get in the building and you see what it is, you're going to like it and you're going to have a good time. You'll, you'll make new friends. Um, you'll get your record signed or whatever. Or if you have a podcaster that's going to be there, come meet them. The, the, nothing better if you're a podcaster than meeting one of your listeners. So, um, yeah, just come. Nashville's a fun town to hang out in and we have a hell of a lot going on. So, uh, hope you'll join us. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you as usual for your time, sir. And uh, it's always fun to catch up with you and, and talk about pretty much anything. So, um, Oh, we do this on the phone regularly anyway, but yeah, (laughs) I'll probably talk to you tomorrow, but yeah, it's cool. Right. This is, this is a, um, a variation of, of one of our regular phone calls. Yep. So, (laughs) Just no uh, dogs barking this time, thankfully. There's no dog barking. Yeah. Well, I I, I did a uh, for my Patreon show. I did I I I barked on the mic uh, for that because I was imitating someone else. My patrons will get it, but okay. uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, on that note, I wrap up uh, this edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. The podcast version will be available in about a week. It'll be two separate episodes it will be hour one and then the episode with chris sinzak talking about all things rock and pod make it out there if you can it is a uh worthwhile event wish i could make it every every day on the on the year that it takes place uh, it always bums me out i'm like shit and one of these years one of these years i'm like i gotta play the lottery more so invest in a hedge fund and then just buy me out you'll be good there you go well if if I win the lottery, I could be a silent partner. Um, there you go. On that note, folks, thanks again for watching or listening to the playback, depending on where you're watching or seeing or where you're watching or listening, I should say. Uh, it is late, folks. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the mind is starting to uh, not work as well. And I'm seeing that I'm about to click on the intro video instead of the outro video. Um <laughs> Anyway, on that note, folks, we will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Signals from Mars podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 